Today's episode title says it all. Are you really ready to be a substitute teacher? Let's find out. I will admit that even though episode number one from, what was it, three years ago is our most downloaded episode, makes sense. People might be testing it. They might not even stick around after they've listened to it. Makes sense that that one's the number one episode. But that episode, I don't want to say I really didn't know what I was talking about, but that was three years worth of substitute teaching experience ago. So there has been some things on our Facebook group this week, Substitute Teachers Lounge, that I'm going to bring up specifically that drove me to discuss this. You're probably already a substitute teacher if you're listening to this podcast. I can't imagine there's a whole lot of people that are listening to it that never planned to be a substitute teacher, other than the ones that have been my students or my fellow teachers or my family. Some of them are still listening to it. But we're going to talk about what you need to be thinking of to get yourself ready. And to be honest, I think I may have offended some people on the Facebook group. And, you know, maybe I did it on purpose. I didn't offend on purpose, but maybe I posted what I did on purpose is kind of a, for lack of a better phrase, kind of a get over it type thing. So we're going to talk about that and we'll get to that in just a moment. In fact, the exact post that I'm going to read to you, I think it's important enough that I read it verbatim so I don't misquote anybody. I will not give out the names, but I will, I will in the show notes to this episode provide the link to go directly to this post. Now, if you're not on our group yet, go ahead and get on it. You won't have to answer any questions to join the group. Once you join it, you join it. Now, before you make your first comment, you have to answer four questions. They're very easy You just have to answer those. You'll get approved in that way. But if you're one of those, if you're kind of a quiet Facebook person, but you just kind of want to keep up with discussions that are going on, you just want to read them, you don't really want to make comments of your own, you can go join it right now. You really don't even have to be approved. You only have to be approved to post. So if you're just a reader, go join it right now. You'll hear the conversations that I'm getting ready to read and some other things and how I like for that Facebook group to go. You know, it's kind of funny. When I was thinking about different, you know, what I do, I write down bullet points and you know that I'm a talker by now. So I can write down maybe four or five bullet points and fill up the whole episode just in conversation. So that's what I'm going to do. The first thing when I knew I was going to record this episode, the first thing I thought of was an old Little League baseball umpire experience. I'd probably only been umpiring about five years. I was with a gentleman, very good athlete, by the way, that he was a very good athlete. 
He showed up. He was my umpire partner. He was behind the plate. And he was probably joking, but he wasn't. He said, I can't wait to throw some of those 10-year-olds out of the game today for throwing their bat. Now, first of all, we don't want the kids throwing their bats. We do want to discipline for that in a baseball game. But to walk up and act like he's getting joy out of treating a young student that way, what would that be? Let's see, 10-year-old would probably be a that would be a fourth grader, right? Six year olds or twelve or six sixth graders are twelve years old by the time they get out of the sixth grade. So those were the kind of kids he was talking about. And I was thinking, man, does he really come into these games wanting to see how much he can mistreat those players on the field, call them out for as many things as possible? Well, here, I'm here to tell you, if that's your attitude in substitute teaching, I don't know, man. I would try to grow out of that situation. So that's the first thing I'll mention to you. Don't go into a situation trying to see how much trouble you can find out of those kids that you can punish them for. All right, now let's talk about the Facebook group post, Substitute Teachers Lounge. Now, They know that since this is my group, one of the things that I don't want on here is a whole lot of links, especially if they're marketing or even if you're trying to drive somebody to a friend's website. I don't want that. I want discussions. So what I tell people when they just post links to something else Well, unless you tell me what your favorite part of that link is, I'm deleting your post because I don't want to go read it, first of all. I want to pick your brain. I want to share in your knowledge. I want you to tell me why you like that website so much and then post the link. I'll allow that. Post a link. Tell me why you like it. Well, someone posted a link. There wasn't anything in there. So they used the hashtag, no explanation needed. Well, I almost deleted it, and then I start reading some of the comments. So the comments, there are about eight or nine things posted from another link. Actually, now that I look at this, I guess it was really, it was on a website, but it was a phone snapshot, it appears, that somebody plucked from that, which... Now it makes me a little bit more uncomfortable because I'm always worried a little bit about plagiarism. We just don't want to copy a page from another website and put it here. But nevertheless, it says eight warning signs that you're mentally and emotionally exhausted. And then it talks about being irritated and various different things. I'm not going to read them all because I want you to go read it yourself. I'll include the link in the show notes. Now, one comment that was made, in fact, now that I look at this, the comment, well, the comment that was made was, that's how I feel when I am I was teaching full-time. Thank goodness for subbing. I get to do what I love without all the stress. That's a pretty good little comment there. I like that one. So my comment, not to that one, but to the original post was, so a list of ways to correct would help even more. So that's what I was trying to drive the conversation to. Don't just point all the negative things out. Now, now that we know them, it's a good list. Now that we know them, 
How can we correct them? And somebody posted, ha ha, like there is such a thing. Wow. I'll tell you this right now. I'm glad that you're substitute teaching. It's necessary. But my thing is this. If you dwell on the negative all the time, you're not going to be a good substitute teacher. If you're always looking for the worst in everything, you need to rethink why you're being a substitute teacher. You need to work on your positive mojo. You need to understand that don't just throw out negative stuff. Give us some positive stuff to go along with it. Well, as you can expect, there was then some comments uh, to mine, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to spur the comments. I don't want them to agree with me if they don't agree with me. I want them to put up the reasons, though, why they don't. I don't want them to say just, you're wrong. I want them to tell me why I am, in fact, wrong. So then I posted something that I realized sounded flippant. I did not mean it that way, but after someone posted like there is such a thing as ways to correct that, I just said, bless your heart. Now, I didn't mean that to poke fun. I meant that in a true sense that if you're stuck in that kind of situation and there's no way to correct any of that negative stuff, bless your heart, I feel bad for you. I'm glad I'm not in that situation. So here's the way the conversation went after that. Somebody said, let teachers teach, pay them more, less useless meetings, more planning time. The list could go on and on and on. All that's true. All that is pointing at somebody else as well. So then I said, is there anything we can do ourselves? And the comments were, quit and become a sub. That was my solution. And then somebody made the comment that Greg seems to have the ideal job that has no stress. At least that's what it seems by Greg's comment of bless your heart. And I replied, I used to stress at times, but I grow out of it. That's the truth. I don't let anything bother me anymore. Now, granted, some of that comes with experience. I may, in fact, be older than a lot of people on here. And one thing I brought up is that I came from a corporate environment where it's cutthroat. I actually brought up this topic to a teacher this week. Anyway, they said they ran into somebody that was an accountant as well, and they went to an office party with them, and he said it was just so weird to watch how you had to be different in the way that you talk to the boss and the way other people treated you and how you laughed only when appropriate and all that kind of thing. I don't stress anymore because I've learned to stay on the positive side. The answer to me then was, you're fortunate most people can't do that. And I told them, I'm a retired accountant from a corporate world where I experienced all my stress. Comparatively, substitute teaching is a breath of fresh air. Sometimes when I see some things that go on at the schools, I real I wish they realized that there are things that are worse. Now, that's not very motivational, but create your own positive feedback. If you're being mistreated at school, sound off about it. I'm okay with that. But 
for every situation, don't always point your finger at the other person first. Don't always point your finger at administration. Don't always point your finger at other teachers or at students. Point it at yourself every now and then. Maybe you're not guilty of anything, but you certainly can see, all right, since I know this isn't going to happen right away, what can I do to change things? One of the last comments I liked was really good. Somebody referred us to some resources to mitigate negative effects and to supports for teacher well-being, and I liked all that. There's even yoga. I'm not sure I'm crazy about yoga, but I know it works, so who am I to say that, who am I not to do it even? So I like the comments were made. In fact, the person that finished the conversation has a master's degree in educational psychology or going into the program or something to that effect, if I recall correctly, and nice little write-up. He wasn't promoting himself. He was just saying, here's some things that will be helpful. So I said all that to say this. You may not be ready to be a substitute teacher if everything causes you to blame others. Because of the way you're treated, do you blame others? Because of you feeling stressed out, do you blame others? I actually remember something. I I do this all the time, right in the middle of the show. I remember something my father told me years ago. He told me, no one ever makes you mad. You choose to be mad. That's the way it happens. You're getting treated badly pay-wise, You're getting treated badly. Teachers, do what you can to improve it. Don't always go to the negative. Don't always say, I'm stressed. Here's what they need to do about it. Do your best to see what you can come up with to be positive in your approach. That will help you be ready to be a substitute teacher. Had some students in the last few weeks who were more challenging than others. Let me ask you this. When you go into a classroom and then you go home at night, do you remember more the challenging students or the exciting students? I wasn't sure what to call them there. You remember the the challenging students. I hope instead of your thoughts being that student really made my day lousy today, I hope that they're more along the lines of, okay, that didn't go well. When I face him again, I wonder what kind of things I can help make it go better. Otherwise, if you don't do that, you're not ready to be a substitute teacher because you're automatically going to go back in that classroom with him the next time and look for him to give you a problem. And the instant he does anything remotely like that, you're going to discipline, you're going to be negative with him instead of giving him some positive motivation. I've done this for 154 episodes now. There are multiple examples that I've given you. of. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've changed kids' life. What I do know is I've heard about kids' backgrounds, family life, family life kids that are negative in school, And I did get those kids to the point where they will come up and have a conversation with me. I actually have them, 
give me a good feedback in class. They behave in class when I know they're not behaving for other teachers. I hear all the time that this is a challenging class. This is a challenging period. Well, it probably was more challenging than the other periods, but I made the most of it. I, I sought out ways to correct that situation. So if you're really ready to be a substitute teacher, you don't go into a situation always thinking of what negative thing is going to happen today. You instead go in thinking, what positive things can I say to turn around negative situations? That's when you know that you're really ready to be a substitute teacher. If you stress easily, and again, I'll go back to my dad's phrase, man, you don't get mad. <laughs> I've forgotten I'm saying it right now. Nobody ever makes you mad. You choose to be mad. Don't go in with that chip on your shoulder. It won't work out. If you do that, you are not ready to be a substitute teacher. Facebook group people in my Facebook group, this was a great list. I realize that we're often irritated. I was too. I'm, maybe I'm not as much now because I've got the experience of life behind me. Maybe when I was your age, I got stressed more easily, whatever. But I'm telling you, if you walk into a classroom expecting negative things to happen, they will happen and you are not ready to be a substitute teacher. Analyze your personality, or maybe it's more your attitude, not your personality. Are you not really happy unless you got something to complain about? Or maybe that's too strong. Are you not really happy unless, I don't know how else to say it, unless you're being negative. That sounds so opposite each other, but you've met those kind of people. I hope you're not one, because if you are, you're not ready to be a substitute teacher. Are you not really happy unless you're coming down on somebody, unless you're criticizing somebody? You're not really happy unless you're in a bad mood. That sounds ridiculous to even say it that way, but I've met those people. It seems like they're negative so much that they're not happy unless they're unhappy. I guess that's the best way to say it. So if you're like that, work on that. I do want you, something specifically that will help this situation, make sure that you don't react to a situation, especially if it involves two students, two teachers. Make sure that you don't react without the facts. I don't care what a student says to you about another student. You better make sure that it's true before you start fussing at that other student especially is that one of those students that gives you a hard time all the time? So you just assume that any negative story about him is going to be true? Well, you're barking up the wrong tree because if you're like that, you are not ready to be a substitute teacher. So just remember this, stay positive. Yes, I'm a positive person. I'm not going to apologize for it, but don't go looking for negative situations. And by all means, if you're stressed out, try to 
cool down some way, go to this Facebook post. Again, it's going to be in the in the notes to this show. Go to that. Go to the solutions that the gentleman posted down at the bottom to help you with your stress. And by all means, stress is going to happen. See how you can turn it around. If you let yourself get stressed all the time, you're probably not ready to be a substitute teacher. 